Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Also coming to you on the Believe Podcast Network as well as iHeartRadio and TuneIn. And a big hello and welcome to the show to our men and women in uniform listening on the American Forces Network. Great to be with you. I'm here with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific. Then again at uh, midnight Pacific. That's uh, 9 p.m. on the east and 3 p- three a.m. on the east for you early birds, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, this show is presented by betonline.ag. And even though you can't go to the stadium, obviously, there's loads you can do if you love your sport. You can bet on it. You can bet totals, team player, coaching props. You can bet it all, whether it's NFL, NBA, of course, that season's over. NHL, that season's over. Uh, Major League Baseball, that season's over. But look, if you want to bet the NFL, if you want to bet the Premier League, the Champions League, Europa League, you can do it all. BetOnline.ag. Head over there. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. And if you're going to gamble, just one last thing, bet on sports. Please do so responsibly. Big show today. Got a lot on my mind. We're going to start with this substitution rule. Uh, they want to go back to five. At least the big teams do. I'm going to tell you why I think it's a crappy idea. Then let's talk about Greg Clark resigning from the FA. He said uh, some, in a, some very insensitive comments he made. Not quite sure he knew they were insensitive, but he made them anyway. He's gone. Let's talk about who we would like to see lead that organization and be at the head of other sports organizations uh, going forward. Plus, is PSG just about to absolutely load up their front with the addition of Ronaldo? Let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about Jack Grealish. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, yes, uh, about how ridiculous these never-ending friendlies and meaningless international matches are. That's what's on the table today. It's a big show. Lots on my mind. Think of this as football therapy for the soul and the doctor is in. Sex and drugs and All rock right, and so roll. What's up, Radio? Nick Eber with you. We are presented, of course, by betonline.ag and with the NFL season in full swing. While you might not be at the game this year, you can still be on, on all the action at Bet Online, and of course, lots of Premier League betting going on. Europa League, they've got uh, UEFA Champions League, they've got uh, Euro 2021 qualifying happening, all sorts of stuff you can bet on at betonline.ag. They've got game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino, which never closes. So why don't you head over to betonline.ag, take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Do yourself a favor, sign up today with BetOnline, your online sports book experts. So I have been threatening to talk about this substitution rule for some time because if you remember during Operation Restart, which was the uh, restart of the Premier League season uh, after the 
coronavirus lockdown of last season, uh, the Premier League allowed teams to have up to five substitutions per match. And they did that because when they restarted the season, they were on a highly compressed schedule in order to get the season finished, and teams had a lot of matches to play. So in order to try to avoid injury, the Premier League and other leagues around Europe as well decided that five substitutions was going to be an appropriate amount. Now, it shouldn't come as any surprise that many of the managers around the league that have been complaining up and down and up and down about con uh, fixture congestion. And again, if you're one of the top teams, you're in the Premier League, you're in the League Cup, you're in the FA Cup, you're in Europe one way or another, whether it's uh, the Champions League, whether it's the Europa League. And then, of course, preseason, you've got friendlies, and then your players have to go play in their international fixtures when they're on international break like we are right now so uh, there's a lot of fixtures to be squeezed into a short a fairly short season although you know you might answer uh, you you might argue that a 38 game premier league season is not exactly short and you are quite right the football calendar is essentially 10 months out of the year but the managers that have the fixture congestion have been bitching up and down complaining uh, to no end about this congestion, how it hurts their players, causes injury, makes players unavailable, etc., etc., etc. So they embrace the five substitution rule. Well, back to this season and the restart of this season, uh, the football uh, rules went back to three substitutions per team, which is where it has been for many a year. It should come as no surprise that some of the big managers we're talking let's talk in particular about Jurgen Klopp and for example Pep Guardiola although it's not just those two a lot of the other top managers have expressed a similar misgiving whether it's particularly Jose Mourinho who is always very outspoken about it of course as you know they would like to see the five substitution rule come back and while I think on the surface it's easy to say, oh yeah, that's great, absolutely, they should, we should absolutely have a five substitution rule, no doubt about it. I'm going to tell you why it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea because if you want to give an extra advantage to the top teams in the league, go ahead and give every team a five substitution rule. And, and that is no better indicator and example of that than this weekend or this previous weekend uh, at the Etihad when Manchester City played Liverpool. And Liverpool came out on the pitch with a top four of Salah, Mane, Firmino, and Diogo Jota. Liverpool clearly have a very deep bench. Manchester City have a very deep bench. Chelsea, not quite as deep, but pretty deep as well. Tottenham, deep. United, well, <laughs> you know, we'll see. But if you're comparing the depth of the top teams to the depth of the teams that are at the bottom of the table, oh, we're talking about the Burnleys and the West Broms, 
and the Fulhams and the Brightons and the Sheffields, it's going to give a further disadvantage to the smaller teams because they don't have as deep a bench to pull from. They're going to be playing primarily the players that they start with game in and game out regardless. They can't afford to have three A teams. They can't afford to have a world-class squad that you dress for the Champions League and another world-class squad that you dress for the Premier League. It just doesn't work like that. So it's the nature of the haves and the have-nots in the Premier League. And one of the things that I've always felt is that the three-substitution rule, combined with the extra fixture congestion that the big teams will have in Europe, is somewhat of a leveler. I mean, not an enormous level, but, but definitely sort of retilts the equation a bit more to the middle where I think everybody wants to see it. If you let every team have five substitutions, I think, you know, it's a bad idea. On the other hand, and I'm doing a lot of other hands here, for things like uh, qualifying in, uh, in the Euros or the World Cup or the Nations League, five substitutions is appropriate. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they do allow five substitutions in the Nations League. In fact, while I'm talking about that, I'm going to look up that, that fact or the wonders of Google. Um, I think they can have up to, yeah, five substitutions uh, in the Champions League, Europa League, and the Nations League. Uh, that is because, particularly the Nations League, um, they get to listen to a lot of complaining from top club managers who are upset that their players get injured on international duty, and it happens all the time. It's not like it's Euro qualifying the Nations League, although I, it is actually Euro, Euro qualifying. It is a path to the Euros, so you'll excuse me for that, but you know what I mean. Uh, the Nations League was put in so that you could have some... Um, international football that was meaningful that had that had a competitive edge to it that wasn't these sort of boring and dull money spending spinning friendlies where you could have 50 substitutions look i don't watch preseason games the international champions cup look i'm very glad it's here if you're an american and you have a chance to see one of your favorite teams play and you're not prepared to travel abroad to see them play a competitive match there's nothing wrong with the icc there's nothing wrong with friendlies. And I tell you, I have promoted plenty of friendlies, uh, plenty, listen to me, plenty, plenty of friendlies here in the United States myself. Uh, LA Galaxy, uh, Colorado Rapids, the Mexican national team, the Icelandic national team, uh, Boca Juniors. I brought them all here. But for me, those matches, they're either preseason tune-ups or what have you, they're not really of interest to me because they're not competitive. And any time you can put out 50 substitutions, it's not really a football game. It's more like a high school football game or a college football game. At least in college, they try to... Uh, and I have two kids that you know went through college playing high school. Uh, well, I mean, one of them went through college playing soccer and the other one uh, kind of gave up after he got there. But uh, uh, both at high level. But the number of substitutions you have on the pitch and this sort of constant in and out is just a totally different game. It's not the same game. 
I don't think it's as good of a game. So for me, I'm happy to see the uh, th uh, three substitution rule remain in the Premier League, and I hope you are too. Love to know what you think about it. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash uh, World Soccer Radio. And just a reminder, every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, then again at midnight, you can find me right here on the Believe Podcast Network and, of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. All right, cheers. Welcome back World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. And please check us out at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. We are there immediately upon conclusion of the show. And by the way, if you're loving the football slash soccer content, Believe has some other great shows, uh, BSI the podcast, which has former MLS players Benny Failhelber, Sal Zizo, Ike Opara, and that's a podcast show where the hosts call up a weekly guest, they talk football, current events, they share some behind-the-scenes stories, it's a great show. And then the Shep Messing daily cast with Shep. If I have to tell you who Shep Messing is, you probably haven't been around football in the United States for very long. Uh, he has a daily show covering New York Red Bulls on that show so check it out at the believe podcast network this show is presented to you by betonline.ag and you should know that when i do give out my match predictions and don't forget last week i was 75 percent on my premier league predictions that i'm using lines from betonline.ag so you can always find them there check them out and do remember folks if you're gonna gamble gamble responsibly please okay um okay let's get to it a couple other stories that have been coming up in the press uh, was Greg Clark, who was the um, uh, chairman of the Football Association, resigned after using unacceptable language, or at least it was deemed unacceptable when referring to black players. More specifically, he referred to black players as colored players, which for a number of reasons, many of the black players in the Premier League and around football in general found incredibly, you know, I, I, I don't know if, uh, and of course, uh, not being uh, a black person, uh, I, I, so I, I, I really hesitate to speak for people of color, uh, but they found it, I, I wouldn't say um, offensive because I'm not sure that Greg Clark is a racist. I don't think anyone's suggesting that. What I think they found it was unbelievably insensitive. And and, and rose to a level of insensitivity that made people think, uh, maybe this guy shouldn't really be in charge of the Football Association. And so uh, he has resigned. Jolien Lescott said uh, his comments were very disturbing. Uh, it made him emotional. And it's just kind of, I, I think the resignation of Greg Clark for this and of course he said some other rather inopportune things which may or may not be uh, have a, a kernel of truth to them i don't mean about colored players versus black players he's talked about uh talking about female players telling him they didn't like having the ball hit harder than which, which uh, that and that is 
you know, anecdotal. Maybe maybe one did, but I mean, you're not going to color a whole sport by that. So I think what we're what we're seeing here is that the, the, the old white dudes probably are not the right people to take football into the next generation and beyond, and that it's probably time for changes, certainly having a, a more diverse representation in the boardroom and at the executive level of not just the FA, but I, but I think probably all sports leagues. And we can use that here in, the, uh, in America, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA or the NHL, uh, or Major League Soccer, which is you know a big bastion of sort of rich white guys. Maybe, maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, or I certainly, personally, don't think it would be a bad thing. But, but maybe, maybe this change. And again, I, I, I want to stress. I, I don't think Greg Clark, and, and I don't know him. I don't think Greg Clark was being overtly racist. He was being unbelievably insensitive. So I think the question is: Is it not time to have somebody that is? more sensitive to their constituency. Maybe, maybe it is time for a black FA chairman. How about just time for a qualified FA chairman that is sensitive to his constituency? And and, and I, not being black or uh, of uh, black descent, would, be, would, would love to be educated, please, as to... Um, why this word is is such an incredible problem? No, I would never use it, by the way. Period. Uh, but I'm just—I I would be fascinated to be educated and to learn why it's so insensitive. I do understand that it is insensitive uh, because I think any a, any time you refer to anybody uh, with their race as the predominant factor, I think it's insensitive and 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 insulting, and you know doesn't doesn't judge somebody as an individual. Uh, so, uh, fascinating stuff, but definitely time for a change, no doubt. Let's get the old guys out. Old guys, by the way, to a degree like me, I might say, and and bring bring some new people in, some diversity, some people that are really empathetic and understanding of their constituency in all sports, not just in football. Anyway, Greg Clark out. We'll see who comes in, and. Um, it's time for some progress, I think, in this regards. I, 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 I really do. And, you know, look in the U.S. How, much, how many of our sports here are run by, you know, all white dudes? By the way, it's being reported that Ronaldo could make his way to PSG. Think about that for a minute. Former Barcelona player Neymar, current Juventus, and former Real Madrid player Ronaldo... Is that the piece that maybe PSG need? Add a 35-year-old Ronaldo, as good as he is? They're trying to get Neymar to sign a five-year extension to his deal, marry him up with Ronaldo. And I think that would be uh, uh, living in the past, but it certainly would be an exciting, it would be an exciting uh, lineup. In other news, uh, Jamie Carragher coming out on TalkSport saying he thought Man United should sell Paul Pogba. Look, we've talked about this. I think Man United should sell Paul Pogba. 
I really do. And if you're going to sell Paul Pogba at 27, you, he's probably got, what, another contract or two at the most in him? Cash in now. I mean, players like Jack Grealish are crying out to come to a team like United where they really need somebody to blaze a trail for them. What do you think? Jack Grealish, Villa to United? Where are you, United fans? Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'd love to hear from you. Please uh, tell me what you think. Also, on the Greg Clark question, tell me what you think. Um, tell me who you think should replace him at the FA. I think that's a very interesting question and one with no easy answer. What would you look for in somebody to replace him? And I know I'm going back to Greg Clark, but what would you look for? You know, so much of the Premier League, the FA, Football League, English and European football in general, look, it's all money. Money, 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 money driven, right? I mentioned a few days ago that the pay-per-view Sky deal that had been agreed on and implemented uh, during the COVID outbreak was causing consternation amongst fans as, as Sky Sports were charging upwards of 14, 15, 15 pounds an out-of-market game. Imagine that, right? Well, unsurprisingly, uh, they have now backtracked, and that is off the table. They're going to find a completely different way of doing it, and um, I'll be interested to see. As long as it comes with a reduction in costs. Look, if this is the everyman game, it has to be accessible to everyone. And yes, the Premier League is the game at the highest level. Yes, they rake in billions and billions of dollars from their overseas rights. And yes, I understand that the teams are suffering because of COVID and the fact they can't put fans in the stadium. That's a problem, obviously. But sticking it to your local fans, sticking it to the guys that day in, day out, week in and week out, will fill up your stadiums, whether it's a midweek League Cup match or an FA Cup match or, you know, weekend in the league or in European football, no matter what, they come to the stadium, they buy the pies, they buy the beer, you know, depending on if you've got a new newer stadium, they're spending enormous quantities of money on the uh, prawn cocktails. <laughs> and and private suites, but it's the everyday fans that pay the ridiculous amount of money for the tickets. The Premier League is just about the most expensive league in Europe to go see a game at. By the way, the Bundesliga, the opposite, I want to point out. Why would you then double-stick it to those fans by charging them during COVID a ludicrous amount of money to see the games from the comfort of their living room because they're not actually allowed out of the house. And in case you haven't noticed or been told, in the UK right now, they have reinstituted another lockdown. So there's three topics this segment. I've been all over the place, and I apologize. This is sort of Nick's train of thought show today. Uh, we've gone from uh, Greg Clark, we've gone to Ronaldo and Neymar as a front pairing at PSG, to the Sky Sports deal. But hey, if you like shows that jump around topics all the time and a host that sometimes seems like he's been taking advantage of the legal marijuana, although not, that's not me, I'm just joking. Uh, this is the show for you. World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, 
American Forces, Believe Podcast Network, iHeart, tune in. We're everywhere you want to be. Be right back after this. Uh, pretty sure you know that was Generation X, right? Uh, 100 Punks from Generation X. Billy Idol, the front man. You're getting a little uh, early punk lesson here if you're a lot younger than I am, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. World Soccer Radio presented by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. And I'm with you each and every weeknight from 6 p.m. Pacific. That's at 9 Eastern time. Then again... Midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern Time on Sports Overnight America. Uh, it's great to be with you twice a day. It's a lot of fun. In the last segment, I was talking about these uh, Greg Clark statements uh, where he has resigned for referring to black players as colored players, and I asked to be educated, and I have been educated during the break, so I think that's a fantastic thing. Um, it has to do with, uh, apparently, this is an exceptionally offensive term uh, and one that I haven't heard used uh, in any circumstance uh, in, in, gosh, in, in decades and decades. Uh, but Gareth Southgate actually had some really interesting take on this. And he said, you know, it's a shame that Greg Clark has had to resign because he's done a lot of work behind the scenes to support the diversity code and make inroads into relationships in Europe. But he also says that he should absolutely resign because the language is unacceptable and thoughtless, that there was, quote, no alternative to him resigning. And this is a quote now from Gareth Southgate, who, if you don't know, of course, is the manager of England, who Greg Clark was his boss. He said, we can't just keep standing in front of the cameras talking about change, said Southgate. He said... Um, football must be at the front of societal change. And uh, he said what he said wasn't acceptable. There was no alternative for him to go. And um, I think it's absolutely correct. I mean, absolutely. You, you can't offend whether you mean it or not. You cannot offend your constituency and expect there not to be consequences. Now, unlike, oh, I'm going to say this, I, I hope people don't take me the wrong way for this, in which case this will be probably the most unpopular show I've done. Unlike these days, particularly in this country, people like to say, I take responsibility, you know, I'm sorry, I take responsibility, but there are no consequences that ever seem to come with it. Just saying you take responsibility is meaningless unless there's some consequence for that responsibility that you take. So, Greg Clark resigning, that is the consequence of him putting up his hands, saying, what I did was wrong, what I, I'm sorry if I offended anybody, I accept responsibility, and I am resigning my position. And I think that's a very important thing. Because just giving lip service is one thing, but actually... <laughs> you know, being a man or woman or adult, well, again, I don't want to offend anybody, is what I'm getting at here. And um, I do agree with Gareth Southgate. Football and all sport, not just football, but here in America, the NFL, the NBA. The NBA actually has really tried to be at the forefront of it. 
part of it, of course, is they have a lot of, uh, you know, black NBA players. A lot of African-American players play the NBA, and it is a shining beacon of an extremely well-run, efficient, popular, successful league. But I'd like to see more of it. I'd like to see it in the NF, more of it in the NFL. I'd like to see more of it in the NHL. I'd like to see more of it in Major League Soccer. It, it has to be at the forefront. We are a diverse nation. We are a diverse world. It was inevitable that we were going to come to be an enormous melting pot. As soon as we figured you could get on a plane and travel from one continent to the other in just a few hours, what used to take months and months. It's just a function of where we are today and the change that we need to institute. All right, so speaking of change, it's interesting. There's another article out there uh, right now talking about Tony Cruz, uh, who is criticizing some of the change that the powers that be would like to institute in global football saying that they don't take into account the actual playing players, saying they're treating them like puppets. He's talking about the European Super League as well as the Nations League and expanding the World Cup. He's saying that players don't decide these things. He said at the end of the day when these competitions are invented, the players are just puppets of FIFA and UEFA. They're meant to make as much money possible to suck everything out of every player physically. Now, this coming from a guy who's won four Champions Leagues, five domestic league titles, okay, and the World Cup. So, you know, I, I have a tendency to agree with him, by the way. Yes, I, I like the Nations League because I'm going to maybe differ a little bit with the Nations League. I like it because I think international friendlies do nothing. There's nothing at stake. There's nothing, there's nothing to gain. Uh, they're just friendlies which players that mean something to you or your club can get injured at. And if they're going to play, at least let it be for something meaningful. But I am, I am with him. I am not for expanding the World Cup. I'm sorry. I, 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 just, I just think it's, it's silly. What, are we going to end up having a six-month-long tournament because we've got all 208 member nations of FIFA have to, have to play in the, in the televised tournament? That uh, just, just doesn't make sense to me. If you want to open it up to more, have the World Cup finals, but, you know, play them over two seasons to have kind of a preliminary go through your group stages and you go to another playoff. In other words, filter through more of the playoffs until you get to the final World Cup. But these tournaments are too long and they don't pay the salary of these players. These players' salaries are paid by their, by their uh, club teams and by their domestic leagues and by ch the Champions League. And at the end of the day, yes, they're patriotic and they want to win for their country and everything else. But at the end of the day, they have families to feed, mortgages to pay, expensive sports car payments to make, huge bar tabs, and women of Ill repute, Ill repute they have to pay off, or men of Ill repute they have to pay off. A little joke there. Hope you found it funny. 
but it's the club teams that pay their way. And when you take those players and you start diluting them now with Nations League and extra World Cup qualifying and the ICC and this championship and that championship and all the rest of this nonsense, you're shortening the lifespan of these players. And you're increasing the chance that they can get a devastating career-ending injury. Look at just Virgil van Dijk this season. Not career-ending, ending, certainly devastating. We can go down the list. Now, of course, that injury was in the Premier League, playing, for Ever playing against Everton. But I think you know what I mean. We have an insatiable desire for top-level football, and that's a great thing. But I, I, I will say to you that, for example, today, you had Holland and Spain playing in a friendly. I didn't even watch it. Don't care. Italy, Estonia, don't care. Germany, Czech Republic, don't care. I think today we were supposed to have, what, the U.S. playing Honduras? Of course, it was canceled for... Um, COVID, that would have been a CONCACAF Nations League. That would have been a meaningful game. I would have watched it. But I think tomorrow the US play Wales, friendly. Don't care. I, ju I just don't have time for it. I don't care for it. It doesn't tell me anything. It means nothing. And the chances are good you're going to watch one of your favorite players getting injured. All for what? So that U.S. soccer and the Welsh FA can make money? It seems to me to be a very high price to play. Yes, I like international football. The Euros are great. Copa America is great although it seems to be every six months. African no Cup of Nations seems like it's held every three months. <laughs> it's not, though, obviously. The big tournament's fine. But I would suggest this. Why do we have to have World Cup qualifying stretching over, you know, in the three years, in the three years prior to the World Cup? Why can't we do World Cup qualifying in the summer before World Cup? Have another tournament, the World Cup qualifying tournament. Sell the TV rights for it. Do it all at the same time. And then you can use your Nations League clashes sprinkled in prior to that as a way of testing out the teams and et cetera, et cetera. But have one tournament. Have one tournament the year before, one tournament the next year. Keep the qualifying down to a minimum. I think everyone will be happier. And they can still make loads of money because they can sell the TV rights. Yeah, I don't know why I'm not head of FIFA. Oh, that's right. I'm not corrupt enough. I could probably get that way, though, if, if, you know, if I needed to. But that's why this whole thing is like, you know, it's a bolt-on. They bolted on this, and they bolted on that, and they screwed on this piece. And all of a sudden, we don't have a beautiful machine. We have a monstrosity. We have a kind of Frankenstein of football. where players now in a year could do the FA, in England, the FA Cup, the League Cup. If they play for their international team, the Nations Cup, and Euro qualifying, and World Cup qualifying, and the Champions League, and the Europa League, and the Premier League. Are you kidding me? 
if you're Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Leeds, Leicester, PSG, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, any team out there that's paying these salaries for these players and handing over purchase slips to you know other teams in the hundreds of millions for the value of a player, do you really want them breaking an ankle playing in a Nation League game against Estonia or Azerbaijan? And if you're a national manager and you've got players of that caliber, do you really think they're giving everything to run the score up against Moldova? Against Moldova or Andorra by 28 goals to nil? Do you really think their heart's in that? Or they're just counting down the minutes till they can get back to their club training grounds and get ready for the next Champions League game or the next Premier League game? I mean, at some point, patriotism only goes so far at some point the value of a cap only goes some so far love to hear what you have to think about it find me on twitter at mickeber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r find me on facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio i would love to hear from you uh again i'm with you monday through friday 6 p.m pacific that's 9 eastern then again midnight pacific on sports overnight america that's 3 a.m eastern time if you're up on the east in the wee hours uh regardless I uh, hope you will make me a regular part of your week. I'll be right back after this. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning into the show, by the way. Uh, it's great to have you with me. It's great to be back. I mean, after COVID, this is now my second week back after the uh, COVID break. It's really fun. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the sport worthy of discussion and uh, even better, I love to discuss it with you and chat to you about it. Diversity in the game has been the topic today, of course. We've talked about that. We've talked about uh, the different leagues, Champions League, Europa League, Nation League, internationals and friendly matches. What do they mean to you? Are they meaningless? Are they an anachronism? Uh, we talked about Greg Clark. Of course, we have um, uh, just talked about uh, the substitution rule, whether it's five, five men or three men. Uh, lo lots to talk about. We've covered a lot of ground today, and that's kind of the way this show works. So I certainly hope you will make me a regular part of your week, and you can find any information you want about the show on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Again, you can go to our podcast network. It's the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, where you can find a copy of the show as soon as it's done uh, for your personal edification and enjoyment. And... We are on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Dan Patrick Sports on Sirius XM uh, 211 as well as American Forces, iHeart, TuneIn. I think I've given you all the places that you need. But most importantly, I want to hear from you. Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think I'm right? Am I full of it? Am I spot on? Love to get your opinion because that's when this show works the best. I've got some great regular listeners like Ray Roscoe and lots of others who communicate with me regularly on Facebook and, uh, and um, Twitter and, of course, occasionally have called into the show. We're having some guests up coming next week as we start to fill out our booking calendar. So never fear. Uh, we will be filling this show up. And also we'll be checking back in with my friend Bob Caldwell, who is one of the America's top soccer lawyers, the only America, uh, American ever to attend uh, the UEFA law program. We'll be talking to uh, Bob Caldwell about some of the legal goings and on, goings on in the world of football, particularly here in the United States. All right, folks, until tomorrow, have a safe night, enjoy the football, but most importantly, 
Give those loved ones around you a big hug. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.